Hey everyone, welcome back. If this is your first time here, you might want to check out our last uh, episode since this is sort of part three of an interview with a colleague of mine. In this installment, we talk about how we use annotations as entry points with students, even students who are brand new to the country and to English, and how they serve as opportunities for us to learn alongside the students and learn about the student as a reader. And then from there, we determine what kinds of supports, strategies, or scaffolds the student might need. And we also talk about how in this process of teaching this way, it opens us up to new genres that our students are familiar with and also makes us better readers. So if you have any um, thoughts or questions, feedback while you're listening, please make sure to visit us at anchor.fm forward slash Mac, M-A-C, and Marie. You can actually leave us a voicemail and we really hope to hear from you. Thanks. And so I would, could you talk a little bit more about annotation? You've mentioned it a couple of times and I think that it's something that in the way that we approach it in the reading class is I think different because students do do it all of the time and it's a big emphasis for us. Mm-hmm. And I, so I wonder if you can talk a little bit about like how important that was in the class and how you went about teaching students to use it for themselves, especially someone who is a SAIF student, mm-hmm. a student with interrupted education. Yeah, so I think annotations can go in many different directions. I start with thoughts and questions because you don't always need to completely understand what you're reading to have a thought or a question, I think, or you can like question the meaning more than just, because I think a lot of teachers, when they talk about annotations, they talk about, okay, summarize the main idea of that paragraph. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be helpful, but is the student going to remember it? Are they going to connect to it? So when they write their reaction and their question, there's just more of a deeper level of understanding for them, in my opinion. And so then they can, you know, make more meaning of, of what they're reading and connect to it. And it, it feels more personal to them. And then they, I feel like there's more engagement. So, and I think it's really important to teach them how to question the text, because I think we, we don't teach questioning to text, I feel like, as much as we should. I think when you question it, it shows me if you understand it it shows like a deeper like a critical thinking which when if you look on facebook these days people post articles without thinking about it and it's like did you question why the author like only talked to this group of people and that's where i think you know we can eventually get to bias and that's a really important part of reading like how biased is this article? But that's a long-term goal. (laughs) So just starting with the basic questioning of an article. So like writing their questions and it, it was more difficult for them to write their thoughts, I think, because they would just be like, Oh, I think, I think, and then they would summarize the text. (laughs) And I'm like, no, like, what do you think about that? Like, do you agree? Do you disagree? So teaching them with different sentence starters, like, I disagree with the character because, or I agree with the character, or I am surprised, like really getting them to react to the text and like talk to the text. I think it's an important skill to have to 
just as like a entry point, really. Yeah, I think that it's the way that you describe, I think, is really helpful because in many ways, allowing students to come to a text from their own reactions, their own thoughts and processes, like it's it's in some ways it's it's a very advanced, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're asking students to be metacognitive. But it's also it's a scaffold at the same time because mm -hmm. you're giving students an entry point mm -hmm. that is authentic to them, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's something that oftentimes when we're as ESL teachers when we're taught or we're shown types of scaffolds, we don't necessarily start with the student. We start with the text mm -hmm. and think about how do I make this text easier or simpler or how do I connect the text to the student as opposed to inviting the student to determine their own way in. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like annotations is how we do that at school. Because I've often found that I would use student annotations then in my lessons mm -hmm. and show how a student annotated and ask the other class like, okay, where, where would you be asking questions or wh what parts do you react to that are different from the student? Just so that they can also see that how one person reacts to a text is not the same as how somebody else might react. Yeah, I think also, I mean, there's also the vocabulary, which it sounds very basic to tell kids translate words you don't know. But how many times have I read with a student and they would be like, I don't, I'm like, okay, so like, what, what's going on in the story? And they're like, oh, I don't know, because I don't know all these words. And it's like, well, why didn't you look them up? And they're like, and they're just, <laughs> it's like teaching them how to like really interact with the text and even with the words and to pause and translate or look up in a thesaurus, which I found out this year, a lot of kids didn't know what a thesaurus was. Mm. And a lot of them really enjoyed it because they wanted to push themselves and not just translate it. They wanted another English word, but they didn't know thesaurus.com existed. So right. it's like, as much as we're teaching them these skills, we're also just teaching them like basic life skills or basic learning skills that a lot of students from, you know, other places have like not always had because they haven't had the resources. And I do feel like we tend to be hesitant to allow students to read a text where we know there's going to be a lot of words they don't know because mm -hmm. there's either time pressures that we've built into the curriculum or that someone else has built into the curriculum or there's like a fear of overwhelming kids because, you know, when you're new to a language, you're kind of constantly just immersed and trying to find your way out of wherever you're stuck and mm -hmm. I think when we translate or when we give when we give students the words they don't know all of the time then it's, it's a tr we're training them to be helpless and to rely mm -hmm. on someone else and so when they're out in the world and they're mm -hmm. navigating the subway system or they're yeah. trying to look for a job which a lot of our students right away in high school that's what they're doing they don't have the opportunity to practice the things that they're actually doing out in the world right yeah them. Yeah, there's no front-loading vocabulary in the world. Right, right. <laughs> um, and I think what I noticed in my own personal life is, like, I read a book and there were words I didn't know, and I skipped over them, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> this right. is, like, what I, this is, I'm being a hypocrite here. Like, I need to. <laughs> and then it's, like, I can always kind of figure out the idea of the word, but I still feel I need the, like, accurate definition. So I, I feel like I've used a lot of what I teach in my own life where I start thinking about the text very differently because I'm now teaching kids to look at it in a different way than I was ever taught as well. Yeah, same here. Like I definitely, 
realized through teaching that I'm the kind of person who I'll just read pages and forget what I read. Mm -hmm. And I don't even read every word. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So. And and in some ways, that's like a a learned skill. Right. right? To know Mm -hmm. this is the part of the text I can kind of skim Mm -hmm. and get to the good parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And what are good parts for me? Yeah. Because some people might really love lots of description of setting. Whereas yeah, I'm I'm yeah. passing through that. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't like a lot of details, and so I have trouble when the author details every single thing. Yeah, and I think that it's that's part of learning what kind of a reader you are. Mm-hmm. And I know that that was something that was also really central to your class was students coming to view themselves as readers of English mm-hmm. and to see themselves as not just like, here's what reading is, and either I'm good at it or I'm bad at it, and either I like it or I don't, but that there's an identity process Mm -hmm. in becoming a reader. Mm -hmm. Thanks again for listening in. And if you had any questions or comments or thoughts listening to this podcast, please go ahead and visit us at anchor.fm forward slash Mac and Marie to leave us a voicemail, or you can check us out at macandmarie.org, which is our blog. Love to hear from you.